three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Well, Alex, I'm pretty disappointed I'm getting a question from you right now. I don't appreciate your article. Guys, we are here. Hockey is back. And so is beef between players and journalists. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was uh, I like uh, that. fun times. That was the best part to come out of that game, to be honest. That was the best thing to come out of that game. Yeah. Um, Steve Simmons is always um, – say what you want about him. He always creates headlines, even for himself, which <sighs> – yeah, and especially I don't know why he went after Myrtle the way he did, but I don't know. Steve Simmons, ladies and gentlemen, um, um, what did you guys? So first off, um, since our last show, I mean the Rangers are facing elimination tonight. Beautiful. Um, the Habs had continued to disappoint me. Yeah. And the Leafs lost in the exact way we thought they would lose against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, that type of game. Yeah, the Islanders and Florida is as boring of a series we all thought it would be. And the Bruins are off to a terrible start. We'll go to each series in the round robin a little later, guys. But I think, first off, the, the, the question I have to ask is, what has been your highlight? Uh, here we are, day four of the play-in of playoffs being back. Would it be cheesy of me to say just that, <clears throat> just having hockey back? Yes, I want it. Okay. Um, How about why, I, why Alex is, is thinking uh, about this? Do we want to go to you, Daniel? I am having a lot of fun with the Blackhawks and the Oilers. Just like that high scoring, like back and forth. And then I think like on Twitter, everyone's like, Jonathan Taves has come back from the dead. He ever died. That second no, game. That I think game relevancy, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It has been the, as Pete Blackburn called it, the suck Olympics. Alex, what about you? Have you, have you narrowed that, it down here? That second game last night was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edmonton and Chicago. Connor McDavid. Man. That's he it. Was. Like, I think watching Connor McDavid has to be the highlight. I hear he's pretty good. Yeah, good I guy. mean, good guy. how many players can have a four-point night like he did in game one and no one talks about it? And then somehow turns around and is even better for game two. Did you guys see his, his uh, um, intermission interview with Harmer Ryan Singh from Sportsnet? No, but Mike texted me something about his interview. It was just, yeah, questioning. It was, they, like, hockey players obviously normally give that whole pucks and they go. But McDavid was like less interested in all ways. It was like less hockey. interesting than not interesting at all. That's a yeah, point. It was we did well. I don't know. What did he say? It was like we have a good start here, and Harmon Ryan says, "What do you guys have to do to continue to like different from your first game?" He's like, "Good start. Continue on that." And like before Harmon Ryan Singh could say, could like finish saying thank you, good luck. McDavid was already gone. 
it was um you can tell he, he's, then, i'm sure he was fed up when people in colorado said he didn't have a personality but yeah but he has improved it proved that so that he does have a person. He also is the fun police. Did you hear what he said about uh, the hats? You know how people are throwing hats oh, at yeah. staff members? He goes, no, it was something but hit, like not needed. Really? It was really, yeah, like it was really Connor McDavid type. I'll find the quote. I'll find the quote. Okay. That's a little disappointing. It was weird that the, the Edmonton bubble had those hats ready, but in the East, there was nothing for Andre Svechnikov when he scored. Yeah, that was funny. about that. Because I love Svechnikov. The East have to pick it up. And, and Carolina with her home, home team in that game, too. Oh, no he, here we go. The quote is, I thought it was unnecessary. Just drop the puck and let's get going. All right. That is the and most hockey player hockey. quote I've ever heard. And the exact reason, hockey's yeah. never going to be great. Uh, in the United States of America. Okay, that's fair. That's very yeah, fair. Very fair. Um, well, yeah. Discussion for another day, though. If we are talking, though, about um, about you know growing the game or just you know uh, making the game for everyone, we have yeah. had a bit of step forwards when it comes to um, like players and, and protesting here. Um, originally, we all started with these players linking arms for the anthems, united, uh, you know, to end racism and also to support the frontline workers during the pandemic. And then game one before the Oilers and the Blackhawks happened, Matt Dumba came out and gave a beautiful speech um, and took a knee during the only the American anthem. Afterwards, he did say if he could do the and he would do the Canadian one. And then during that, Darnell Nurse for Edmonton and uh, Chicago's Malcolm Subban put their arm on his shoulder for support. Um, and then during the anthem of the Minnesota game, he raised his fist in protest. And the first players in an actual game to kneel was yesterday between Dallas and Las Vegas. Uh, Jason Dickinson, Tyler Sagan from Dallas, along with Ryan Reeves and Robin Leonard from Las Vegas during both the anthems yesterday did it as well, guys. Uh, we are really starting to see it's not enough yet, and we can have that discussion in a second. But um, how do you guys feel, starting with you, Daniel, that – we're starting to see some players, as is Sagan, who was actually at some Black Lives Matter protests, stepping up and showing their support. Yeah, it's like a big thing. I think we've talked about it before. Like, uh, I've, I've talked about how, like, I'm very thankful for you guys kind of su supporting me as a fan because uh, things I've talked about before growing up were, like, I looked at Paul Korea, and that's about it, to be honest, as, like, the guy. I know, like, Richard Park was there, but, like, he wasn't as big of as an icon. And it's just something that it's very positive for me to kind of see because, like, I think for my own personal experience, like, you know, it's even people now when they're like, oh, you're doing journalism. And then they're like, oh, what's like your focus? I'm like, oh, hockey. They're like, oh, what, hockey? That's a very, like, unheard of thing. Like, they'd ask me, oh, why aren't you focusing on, like, I don't know, basketball or something. And it's certainly something that I'm happy to see that's going on right now with the game that, you know, there is more of an awareness to this. Like, people are going to compare it to, like, the NBA, the MLB other leagues and say like you know like why are you happy about this but for me what I kind of see is like it's a start it's something that you know we've kind of come through the cracks of this hockey culture thing that like at for so long seemed like we couldn't penetrate it mm -hmm. Alex yeah it's funny that you bring that up because I was just about to compare it to the NBA um, because I, I feel like we're yeah I, I think it's a good start 
right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's great that we they've started. But you, you if because Batman always like or as hockey fans, we always like to compare the NHL and the NBA uh, in terms of how they're doing things. And I feel like the NBA, well, the NBA has 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 their own set of issues uh, in terms of how they're dealing with um, the China situation. But I feel like the players and the teams have been a lot more involved when it comes to Black Lives Matter, not just this time, but before. And I think that's where the NHL lags in that the NBA and even, and Daniel said the MLB, like this has been a conversation, not a big conversation, but they've been talking about it. When things happen, it's brought up like LeBron James taught like, the uh, I can't breathe t-shirts that, that was from a few years ago and the NBA did something about it, but I don't remember ever hearing anything from the NHL. Right. So I think that's where they lag behind and it's great that they're starting, but they're starting a race that other sports leagues started years ago. There's still not that hundred percent thing of unity. And um, in, in F1, this week was a big step forward in terms of their, pro, their um, you know, message. Um, we knew the first few Grand Prix of the season, there was a, a big mess. Like, the drivers weren't really that organized. And even um, after Hungary, Lewis Hamilton called out a bunch of drivers. Um, and then this week, they were much more, like, not everyone was kneeling, of course, but it was a lot more organized. The drivers were together. And in hockey, I think William Carrier was next to Ryan Reeves during the anthems. And afterwards, he gave him a pat on the shoulder. And I'm like, I think, like, Ryan Reeves himself said, like, I don't want to pressure my teammates to do it. But, I mean, and I respect him for that. But his teammates, I think it would be – because Ryan Reeves, from all you can tell, you don't like playing against him, but he seems like a great guy to be on a team with. And it it really is not – that difficult to take a knee for a few minutes of for the anthems it's not no I, it is disappointing to see a lot of these players i won't lie not do anything yeah and i think this this conversation gets clumped in with the diversity in hockey itself mm-hmm. but i think that's a much bigger issue like I think that's a so not bigger. I think that's a completely separate issue, right? Diversity in hockey isn't necessarily due to that. I think there's a money issue. Like it, we get we can do the math, and it's thousands of dollars a year to play minor hockey, not CHL, minor hockey before whatever I don't know the AAA, AA, right? Like it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. So I think to fix the issue that issue and i'm not i'm not saying this is the right solution but someone has to figure out how to make things cheaper yeah, that is, <laughs> yeah. i saw Will Baldwin talk about that on twitter and that is a uh, that is a discussion for another day um i think yeah. just the last little note here we hope that continue that more players especially white players um can come out and continue to support um, people like Ryan Reeves and that who are taking that step. And guys, you know, I'm almost in this. Um, where is PK Subin? 
I know the devils aren't there. But How about I mean, Evander Kane? Well, Evander Kane was actually, like, in one of the video packages they had, he was actually involved in it, like, speaking, because he's a member of the, um, of right. the, like, the Diversity and Alliance. He commented on Matt, Dumba, Matt Dumba's uh, that speech. I remember that. P.K. or Evander? I know oh, Evander, Evander. 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 Yeah. yeah. Where's P.K.? That's right. the one thing. Like, I know, like, we joked about it before, but, like, I've been hearing a lot more of the discussion, too, on Twitter. People are like, you know... These other players are doing all these things, and PK Subban's posting stories of him working out with The Rock. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I was talking to Adam about that too, and like it, it's very odd that he's not in the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you you think about the guys who who fit, who would fit that that mold of who'd be the starting guys. I understand not every single guy is going to be in that to start, but he should be a founding. Like this is, he is the most popular uh, black Canadian athlete, like in hockey. Mm-hmm. And, and just to clear, we're, we're not saying just cause he's black, he should be there, but also PK, Joe Ward talked about how, when he scored that big goal against Boston, the hate he got, I can tell you there's not a lot of players who have also gotten attacked for scoring big goals in Boston, quite like P.K. Subban has. Um, and even by his own fan base, P.K. Subban has been attacked for his race. And yeah, it is very – and we all love P.K. Like, yeah. We are not attacking him. He's no. such a good person. You see the work he – of course, he's done with the Children's Hospital. Uh, you just – you want some more from P.K. Um, yeah. The, really. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't – in no way, I don't, and I don't yeah, think no. either of you were attacking him. I, I think it's just questioning. It's just something. Not. It feels weird. Yeah, he's like left out. That it's just you know we're we're still waiting on him to kind of say at least something. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. We don't to piggyback off of you a little bit there, Daniel. We don't know if they've even approached him. If he's approached them, right. but like saying something more on Twitter would be nice. Yeah. What's yeah. he doing right now? He, he what, doesn't have anything. He was learning how to swim with Lindsey Vaughn. It, it's, it's an interesting conversation because I, I, I'm, I believe he's been vocal about these issues mm-hmm. before, right? Before now, Adam would be would be. I've seen him in interviews, but I've never. It's not part of. I've never really seen PK and Lindsey put anything on. I. I I want to be careful what I'm saying here, but I've never really off the top. I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I've never really of course, in interviews. I've seen it, but I've never seen PK himself do some big post about it. Maybe I, he put something it, yeah. in IG, but it just nothing springs to mind. You know, I think like he's. Oh, sorry, God. No, I was. I was just gonna say. I think it's an interesting. Well, it's a separate discussion in. Like there's a lot of people who have been talking about this for years and then they're like, man, like, and then they get criticized for not talking about it. Well, okay. Let's, let's, yeah. I I don't know about Emma Watson, (laughs) but the examples that were coming to my mind are there's lots of uh, black comedians who have been talking about this issue in every, and most of their specials. Like the guy that comes out, comes first to mind was Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, if you, like, he talks about it a lot. And then this happens, and he's like, I don't need to say something. I have been talking about this. You just haven't been listening. And the whole thing is we are supposed to be listening and learning. So it's just oh, – it's such a weird, weird thing in – 
I, I kind of question. Yeah. I still question why PK wasn't. I think the thing for me is, yeah. I think the thing for me is like what we talked about is like normalizing these kind of things. And what I kind of felt is like I think yeah, PK has probably had these things in the past where he's shown support. Like I remember the whole thing. Remember with Wayne Simmons in London during that preseason game, where he kind of got like you know a lot of racial slurs. They threw a banana on the ice. Mm-hmm. And it's just one thing I kind of see is what bothers me the most with PK not being there is that it's not like there's like a huge united front there. It's like what we kind of need now is when I talk about normalizing these things is everyone kind of coming together for like the bigger effort, not just like these one one off things where like, you know, that's horrible. And then like, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a different. Because a- I, I was scared that, like, you know, like the Keandre Miller situation. I, right. I, I really did not want that to just kind of like brush under the rug. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't feel like anyone's even brought that up in a while, but that was, uh, that was, I feel so bad for that kid. Apparently the nicest person, too. If mm-hmm. I, if only it would Mike on, he'd probably tell us great stories about him. <laughs> okay, um, Keandre. Keandre. Great name, too. Yeah, Andre um, Miller, nicest guy at the trade. He was one of those players who won the Rangers draft and said, "Of course, the Rangers got him." God. Yeah. Uh, though, guys, we'll 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 go on to another issue here. We're talking a little bit about actually one more thing I wanted to bring up. Okay. Uh, good on Jason Dickinson, because apparently um, Tyler Sagan before the anthems went to the Stars dressing room and said, "This is what I'm going to do," and Jason Dickinson came out to him and said, "You know, I want I want to do this with you." Which is um that's wicked. That's wicked for Jason Dickinson to uh, say, you know, I want to support these these guys. So and yeah. to Robin Leonard, and he acknowledged also that he had this. I didn't know he had Trump on his mask or something. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize that. that either. Yeah, um, but good on Leonard that he's in the and the in the posting he was talking with um with Ryan Reyes about you know it's it's time for more than just talk. It's time for you know, to, to really change now. So uh, respect to, to those guys a lot. So guys, we had another round of COVID testing around the NHL. Again, first real start of the playoffs here. Zero cases. The bubble is working. Yeah. MLB. That's, You'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. The NBA, the MLS, and the NHL mm-hmm. seem to have it um, – under control. And then you look at the MLB. Yeah. Manfred said what? He doesn't think that COVID's going to... He doesn't oh think God. it's a nightmare. He doesn't think it's a nightmare because they have the protocols in place. Yeah. How many games have they been canceling already? It's like... I, the Blue crazy. Jays didn't even play this weekend. Yeah, like against the Phillies. It's just... It's ridiculous. Fun you know times. Little, you know what else is kind of ridiculous? Tell me. That The Rock is now a part owner of the XFL. <laughs> I didn't even know that was still a thing. I, I remember that, that yeah, hearing about that. It was a 15 million buy-in. Yeah. So, the entire uh, XFL. This is <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, The Rock and Redbird Capital are buying the XFL for $15 million. Yeah. Who uh, does that okay. even? Yeah. This sure. Interesting. So, of course, the XFL is the sort of football league that's made that was made by Vince McMahon. The guy who's like the head of WWE, and it's, it's the second time that they've they've tried to bring it up here. And I, I, I've, I'm embarrassed to say I've done a bit of research about this. When it first started out, they brought a bunch of WWE guys to come in and like do some hype for it. 
And The Rock, I guess, was still, because we all remember The Rock was a wrestler, um, went to one of them. And again, The Rock used to play football. I don't know if he was any good. Oh, I think he was, uh, he, I don't know if he played a game. He was in the CFL. He was in the CFL. Yeah. And I believe he's part Canadian. Like, I think his dad's Canadian. He was like, he was on the Rough Riders, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Or Calgary. Calgary. Either Rough Rider, right? Rough, yeah. Somewhere in the Rough West. Riders. Somewhere in the yeah. West. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he played at University of Miami. I used to be a big fan of The Rock during his WWE early days. Yeah, because, yeah. What Until happened to him did. running for president? The Rock was going to run for president? Yeah, wasn't that a thing? Oh. Was uh, it? I think that's what people wanted him to do. Instead of Kanye or with Kanye? No. As his I, running mate? No. Can you just imagine The Rock giving speeches? He would mm. just be wicked. He'd put Trump it would be people. wicked. It Motivation. would be wicked. Yeah. I, I, he doesn't need someone to write this stuff. He could just... <laughs> it's like when anytime he puts a post on Instagram, it's like a speech. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, he, his dad was from Nova Scotia. Whoa. So, say it again. I so the rock's gonna run the, for prime minister. The rock's father is from Nova Scotia. So should he yeah. run for prime minister? I don't know if he has a Canadian. <laughs> if he's has a holds a Canadian passport. Okay. We can we can forgive that. JT, okay, JT John Turner. Sorry. Oh, not not that JT. John Turner, former prime, prime minister, was actually born in Britain. Really? Really? Yeah, well, and he became Canadian Prime Minister. Yeah, don't you just need the, the citizenship? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, but our, our current JT is under some fire right now. JT Miller? No, not yeah. John not Tavares. We'll be under we'll fire in about, about in an hour. Bit too or, much politics. We'll move on, though. Well, that's, how about we have a look at every series so far that's gone on? Okay. And we'll, we'll give a little, little breakdown here, a little bit of, uh, bit of analysis to real hockey games that we have not had. Like a grade or like just how we feel? We'll just talk about it. I don't okay. want to grade it. Like okay. Because I'm thinking the Leafs B minus. The Leafs B minus. Wow. Like it was watchable. They got the shots on goal. They just didn't score. All right. All right. All right. Let's, all right. Let's see. <laughs> not there later. yet. Yeah. Okay. Not there yet. I'm too excited. Sorry. Stop it. Stop it. We're not there. Okay. Anyway, though. Daniel's got a nice Toronto hat on. If you want to see it, gentlemen, ladies, who are listening to this show, go check out the YouTube channel for a video version and experience of this podcast. We'll start with the the series that this sorry, is going to be more. To, sorry, just before you before you start, sure. I don't know if you have the Florida game on, but Corey Schneider is now an yeah. NHL analyst. Okay, let's just put that out there. Retire Corey, become an analyst. Let's get her done. I remember that uh, thing I sent you guys where it's like, life moves pretty fast. Corey Schneider was like an 88 in an <laughs> NHL game like two years ago. And then like this year is the AHL. You know, I don't remember which game he was working as well the other day, but he was good. I want to say yeah. it was Carolina, New York game too. He's good. Do you think the Dells just burned him out when they first got him? He played like 77 games a season. Um, I think the hip surgery got oh, him. Yeah. Well, Luongo talked about it too, right? Uh, that hipster, because I believe he had a similar one. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him. Um, and it's not like the team in front of him, Gibbs, ever gave him a bit of a chance. But like, no. he knows what he's doing. He's got some great air. Joining Patrick Sharp and an NBCSN team. You know what? Actually, before we get into it, 
the hockey itself. What do you guys think about the NBCSN sort of broadcast presentation we've been getting so far? Because it means we've been getting Mike Milbury commentary. And I don't like it. I don't think most of the games I watched have been the American teams. Yeah, I've been watching the away ones a lot, like the Sportsnet stuff. You're lucky. They were – man, I was so mad. I was watching the Caps-Tampa Bay game, and they just started trashing Jonathan Drewin when we were talking about Mikhail Sergeyev. I was like, what is going on here? It's, it's oh, just in the notes. I was so upset. I was so upset. There's no need for this. But I think Gordon Miller's been doing some of the commentary. I was like, is that is it Gordon Miller? I remember seeing him at Eden Center. Yeah? With his family, and I said, hi, Gord. I don't know why, and he – Say hi, hi back. back. Yeah, but reluctantly. Oh. <laughs> That's my buddy went to um, my buddy for a few years went to Guelph with um, James Dutchie's kid, but he didn't say hi to James because he's oh. his kid. Mistake, <laughs> Daniel. We still got to meet Elliot. When, no, Bob McKenzie. Sorry. Okay, talking. Yeah. Anyways, yes. Yeah, I was just okay. saying we already met Elliot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. First name. We're all on a first name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're all pretty casual now with them. We just call him e. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll start with the Florida and Islander series because, um, see, they did the schedule so far. They, except for I'd say day two, the the um, the spacing of the games has been really, really good. Except when in game, sorry, in day one, they put the Islanders an hour after the Edmonton game started. Edmonton Chicago game one, so I didn't yeah. really get to watch a lot of it. But I have. Were you gonna right watch now, it? Guys. Were you gonna watch it? Hmm? Were you gonna watch the F- Edmonton, uh, the Florida no. New York? No. I mean, <laughs> it's exactly what you'd think it'd be. It was a yeah. it was a two one Islanders winning game one. They're up up one nothing right now. And I might my, my one of my best friends, a guy named Cameron, he's been with this girl named Jen for a few years now, and her brothers are over and they're from Edmonton, right? They're still Leafs fans, but you know, they're happy with the Oilers. And he's been texting me over all the games because he's just been watching everything as well. Yeah. It sucks. I tried to get him into hockey, it didn't work out, gets a lady friend, change changes people. Yeah. Um, but um, I love you, Jen. So what's really funny is I was like, so how are you enjoying everything, Cam? And he's like, oh, I love it. He's like, but this Islanders-Panthers game is really boring. And I'm like, you know what? You're a real hockey fan now. Yeah. If you, can wa- if you get through this game, you're a real hockey fan. Honestly, what I loved about it, though, was I was che- – I don't know why. I was cheering for Sergei Robofsky to bounce back. I wasn't. I, I was. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like the whole, like uh, – Bobrovsky with the uh, the you're off the case Bobrovsky like that's that's that with the what's the hell's his name with uh, Dan Jay Tool, and Dan. Jay, yeah, Jay and Dan it's just let's, like I always love that guy I don't know let's just talk about Jay for now okay yeah okay yeah let's, let's stay away from Jay and Dan for now all right but yeah Bobrovsky I don't know like I know he got the huge contract that he probably shouldn't have signed <laughs> and. I mean, to live in Florida for seven years making $70 million? But, like, I was happy that, you know, the save percentage was over 900. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) He actually did his job. Oh. I I still like the guy. It doesn't count 
when it's it's the Islanders. They're not going to be yeah. a put a, like. I have a soft spot for Keith Yandel. Yeah, That's like true. I believe Michael Hutchinson uh, won a game against the Islanders. So Leafs great, Michael Hutchinson. <laughs> Yeah, Leafs great, yeah. Michael Hutchins. Okay, and he and then make this about the Leafs. No, no, I'm not. But Sergey Bobrovsky got pelted by Tampa. the Tampa Bay Lightning in the preseason game when we're all supposed to be stiff. Mm. I don't trust Sergey Bobrovsky. But we have to remember him in ta- against Tampa last play. <laughs> He made uh, that's true. He did make twenty six saves in game one, so that's not terrible. But again, I don't know how many quality shots are going to be getting through to him. He needs to keep an eye out for Everly, Barzell, and that's it. Pajot. Okay, Maybe. that's fair because he's he's a he's a playoff guy. That yeah. four goal game. Brock Nelson. No. 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 Solid power forward. No. Honestly, Barzell and Everly. That's what you're looking out for. And we can give it to Pacho. Yeah, Andy Green from the point, too. Andy Green from the point, all right. That second-round pick. You know who's had a really rough series in that in that uh, in those those games? Zach Boychuk. Man. You mean Johnny Boychuk. Johnny. What did I say? You said Zach, the center that, oh, like, follows man, everyone on Twitter. The Carolina guy who everyone yeah. follows on Twitter. Yeah. Who follows everyone on Twitter. See, Johnny Boychuk, man. For those of you who don't remember, he was the guy who got the Lekkonen skate on his eye or just above his eye. Yeah. So game one, he got rocked a bunch, including a hit from Matheson that could have been suspended. They didn't end up doing it because except the head wasn't the principal point of contact, even though we did kind of get him in the head. Um, but, man, he has had it rough to start this, this series. He really has. I feel so bad for the guy. I believe he's not playing today. Really? Yeah, let me double check that because I read that there was they were gonna have two extra skaters, um, or one extra skater technically, on during warm up, and then they would decide. But I I don't entirely know why how warm up uh, that's gonna make your decision any better. But okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, guys, right yeah, now he's the not Islanders, playing. He's not okay. No. The Islanders are up one to nothing in the series. One nothing in game two here. I, I guess, really, what do the Panthers have to do here? The Panthers are up one nothing. The Panthers are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, are we? You said New York. I thought New York were up one nothing. No, the really? Panthers are winning this game one nothing. Who's card? No, the Islanders lead the series one nothing. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, but then you said they're also up one nothing in this oh, okay. game. That's why it was Hoffman right. scored, by the way. <laughs> Hoffman so scored. Boring. Oh, okay. okay. What do the Panthers have to do? Because they have the talent. They they do up front. You know, they have Huber though. They've got Sasha Barkov, you may have heard of him. They have Keith Yandel. But the key is they've got to get those guys through the Islander system. And they've got to start getting a few past Semi and Barlama. Joel they just gotta, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go, no, go They yeah. just gotta use all that skill they have. Like they have Evgeny Dandinov as well coming in. Um, I don't know why they still traded Vince Trocek. So I just thinking about that now. Looking back up, they're like top nine. But yeah, like they have enough skill to kind of like go through the cycles, get around that like tough Barry Trot system, and you know just get the pucks on net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's honestly like get pucks on net. 
Bucks in deep, bucks on that. Yeah, get you know, you got the get the bounces. I think it's more than that because you can get pucks on net, but like if you're not getting quality scoring chances, then you're the hey. Montreal Canadiens. Just right, stay right. solid, like even on the back end too. Like Aaron Ekblad has to kind of play to what we know he can play to. This is very true. Um, I still can't believe Matheson is in the position where he's at top five in turnovers. We'll stay in the Eastern Conference then. And I guess we'll talk about a series that very well could be over by, by tonight. That's the, uh, the, the Rangers and Carolina Hurricanes. A series I think we all thought was going to be entertaining. I think Edmonton has stolen that, right? And I think we all kind of – Daniel, I think you were a bit more cautious with the Rangers because, man, they have just been totally outclassed by yeah. the Hurricanes so far. Being led by former Hab, Sebastian Ajo. And the goal-scoring machine that is Andre Svechnikov. I don't know. Just the Rangers, not they can't. I don't know. Like they're going to be good soon, but I don't like for me right now. Like they're no. I don't see them having it this year. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it before, but like there are the pieces that are going to develop. You know, Panarin's going to be Panarin, and we're going to see that all come together. But the thing is, I don't. Also, I I think it's time take out Lundqvist. Please. Okay. Yeah. Okay, hold on a minute. Okay, hold on a minute. First of all, in game one, Lundqvist was great. He was. Game two, was he human? Yes. But he's getting no support. And I mean, like, I don't trust Gorgiev. And, no, like, Shishorkin would be playing. Yeah, Shishorkin. Yeah, but he's unfit to play. Oh, yeah. Is he that still unfit problem. to play? Uh, I don't know yet. I don't think there's been anything confirmed. I'll check Twitter. But, like, in game one and two, he was unfit to play. That's why Lundqvist was in. And, I, I mean... I don't think Zabanachad's even scored yet. Panarin has a goal and assist so far in the series, I believe. But, I mean, I think this is when – and by the way, um, the point was made that Carolina are just so in sync right now. Mirazik hasn't had to be fantastic. Their defense is, is as good as we all thought it was. Just and too deep. Their top guys are going. They are going. Yeah. Led by Svechnikov with the – I think it's the Carol- – it was Carolina's first ever – postseason hat trick in game I like the uh when they gave him the hats there was a whalers hat they added there yes oh that was great yeah so they're wicked and they don't have Dougie Hamilton yeah and uh, I don't even know like I think the they're so in sync and the way in sync and the way that Rod Brindamore has them playing makes them that much better Mm -hmm. and the issue with the Rangers is that they have a really good top, like their top line and Artemi Panarin because Artemi Panarin somehow is not playing on that top line. Seem during the regular season seem to be strong, but the rest of the forward, the bottom two lines are quite weak. And in terms of defense, they only have a strong right side. Like their left side isn't very strong, right? I think you have Brendan Smith. Um, I'm getting daily face up. I know Ryan Lindgren played, played, but he's still quite young. And there's and they had Brady Shea playing on the left, and they traded him. I know. To Carolina. To Carolina of all teams. <laughs> and now they're stuck in this, that situation where, okay, we don't have Igor Shosturkin. I think if Igor Shosturkin is available, and I understand Lundqvist isn't the, 
isn't the main issue, but I would try Igor Shosturkin. Yeah, I think if he was fit, he would have played regardless. Also, it's very plain that, and we'll say it flat out here, Carolina's top guys are completely embarrassing the Rangers' top guys. Absolutely. There's so much depth there that the Rangers don't have it yet. I mean, I always say that. They don't have it yet. Is there any way that Brendan Lemieux, who has finally done his suspension, can help turn, you know, you get that sandpaper in there. Fourth line energy guy. Yeah. Is there any way that maybe that guy can inject some energy into the lineup and help you try and turn this around? Now, of course, in best of five series, you may have heard this watching the game. Only one team has come back after being, I think it's down one nothing after game one. So really? the odds are in Carolina's favor. Can Brandon yeah. Lemieux help? No. I don't think that's enough. I think it's just plain and simple. Mm-hmm. That's that's not enough. Like, is Brendan Lemieux going to produce points? Get one of those garbage goals in front of the net. I mean, it is the playoffs. He can, yeah, he can get that trash goal. But I mean, be like a Devonte Smith Pelly with the Capitals. He has, he has to get past that Carolina defense. And right. I can't even remember. Like, there's no highlight that's coming up in my mind of the Rangers even getting guys in front in the first two games. And this is one I wish we had Mike on because he could probably let us know. But Ryan Strom, I don't know. Listen, the, the, the left side is Ryan Lindgren, who's quite young, mm-hmm. right? Brandon Smith. Not good. And Mark Stahl. He's old. Yeah. What what do you want me to say? Only if they had Ryan McDonough or something on that left side. But even if they just had, <laughs> even if they just had Brady Shea, I think that would be like it's again. I don't think there's anyone, not a lot of teams who beat Carolina's core. Yeah, like enough to just stabilize things. I think like a Brady Shea kind but of it, like yeah guy there yeah. It, Partially stabilizes their core. I don't know. Well, why did they trade him again? To get, something, to get something for him? I don't know. Oh, um, okay. But he had term. It wasn't like... He was yeah, like, and he's, and he's 25. Uh, yeah, the question was, I was like, why would Carolina with their defense bother to get him? But yeah, why would the Rangers do? They're probably buying themselves right now. But And I guess, did the Rangers really expect that the deadline... To be this, no, I don't think they, they imagine they'd be in this position. Islanders just tie it up. There you go. Wicked. You'll have to see it then. Uh, any sort of last few things you guys like to say, starting with Alex, about this series? No. But uh, Carolina, I, I think they can make the sweep tonight. I hope they do. I think they're going to make – I was telling you all over text, Alex. I think yeah. the, the Hurricanes are going to make serious, serious noise. In yeah. playoffs. I and think then, tonight's gonna be four one Carolina. I I know I, wow. I just and, I feel that's that's the score. I'm just feeling it right now. And then we can have Mike on the show and make fun of him. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Man, he was I felt bad for him. I really did. I was um I was trying to make him feel a little better after the Leafs game. But man, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm very, very sorry, Mike. Uh we'll leave Montreal and Pittsburgh for a little later. Let's see, no, let's just talk about Montreal. Okay. Why not? Um, the story of the series was exactly what people thought would happen 
for Montreal to have a chance. Um, Carey Price has been a god. He's been <laughs> he carrying has, them. It's almost like Carey Price is good in the playoffs, like he always is. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't mind me. But he's just – there was a question of, is Carey Price the best goalie in the world anymore? And people were like, no. And I was like, no, I, I don't think he is either anymore, but he's still one of the top. And then this playoff happened, and I'm like, no, he's still the best. He's up there with John Gibson. Stop it. Like, Montreal, right? Somehow the penalty kill has been good. A big yeah. part of this has been Carey Rice. It's also Nick Suzuki. He's a pretty good player, guys. But, oh, boy. Pittsburgh cannot get a lot going on that power play. It feels like like Malkin just seemed to like not be able to do anything so far. Um, they've had all Seems tired. In the, yeah. Like the Montreal are riding three defensemen over, you know, 25 minutes and Petrie, Sherrod, and Weber. And the Pens, I don't think have any – we'll start with the Penguin side of this. I don't think they have any excuse. I understand Carey Price, but the amount of chances they've had with the man up is mm-hmm. – uh, I, I don't quite think there's an excuse for them. This is Pittsburgh, guys. This is Sidney Crosby. This is Malkin. This Honestly is- – oh, sorry. Go. No, no, no. The only thing I just have to like – what we, I don't know, like, what we kind of been waiting for is, like, that well-rested Carey Price. And, like, what we're seeing now, it's like, you know, he's back to, like, that elite status. Like, I think, like, you know, he dealt with a lot of injuries. There's a lot of things where, like, there's, like, inconsistent issues that we talked about with those, like, losing streaks. But now, like, I don't know, like, this is, like, what you said. Like, it's kind of back to, like, you know, he is one of the top guys. It's just the guys in front of him need to do a bit better. But, like, you know, they they got really lucky in game one. Man, didn't they? Yeah. This very Kotkinemi getting the most garbage goal ever. But, sorry, focusing on Pittsburgh, though. It just, the Matt Murray, I don't know. It just, it's like, you know, this was a Matt Murray game, game one. I kind of just saw it like that. It just, of course, he let in these goals. Like, you know, like, I know he's been pretty solid. He's won cups for them. But just how he's been, like, the last season, it just, it's like those type of goals that, especially, like, that first Kotkinemi goal, that one was like, okay, that is... That's just you know that's that's not that's in, that's not inex, that's not inexcusable. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex, here's uh, I think what I said before is a lot of things have to go right for Montreal, mm-hmm. and I think some of it did go right in Game One. In terms of Carey Price stood on his head, and Pittsburgh really weren't that good. In terms of scoring. But every time I look at, like, every time I look at the shots, and I know it's not a good, great, the best indicator, but Montreal, like, Pittsburgh was just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. I don't know. I don't know how much longer that can last. It kept he's cycling. Ben- and I understand he's the best goalie, and best goalie, right? I, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not going to dispute that with you, but. To get shot at like that, something's going to go wrong eventually. In game one, Pittsburgh were north of 90 shot attempts. And I do not know how in the world you let that happen. Yeah. It is incredible. I I have a tweet here. Uh, Adam, you probably saw it. But uh, it's from Andrew Berkshire. And it it was after uh, yesterday's game. 
if Mark Bergevin isn't watching this and his main two thoughts aren't number one, get a get Price a backup that can play 30 games, and number two, tell Price that he needs to be part of the solution and play 50 to 55 games per season max, he's nuts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what the issue is. And and I feel like the, it's been the same issue for years. Mm-hmm. Even when PK was here, was there, right? So it's not that you need to find Carey Price a goalie, a backup goalie who can play 30 games. I think, yes, you should do that. That's the way the NHL is moving. Mm-hmm. But find someone who can play defense. How about that? I think it's more like the one thing going for Montreal's defense in this series is that those guys are physical. And oh my god, is Brett Kulak having a series? Like, I love him, but man, that guy's been wicked. But it, it feels like they need another offensive guy to really help there. To help, you know, generate those rushes and that. Because right now, it, it, it really feels like offensively they can't get anything going. And also, I, I will give you that, actually. Defensively, it just feels like there's never a system. Um, you, you just, you think the heavens that Shea Weber naturally just knows what he's doing because otherwise I, I just don't even want to know even though he had a really bad start to game two what they would look like right now it is. i feel yeah i i just feel like we're having the same conversation we did back in october that they yeah. need someone to score and they need to def- like another actual top four defenseman mm-hmm. um the big Going back to game one, they were so, so lucky. Kotkaniemi basically falls into his first NHL goal. Nick Suzuki played 23 minutes in game one. Um, it helps that Philip Deneau took a few minors. So Suzuki was so key on a five-on-three penalty kill the Habs had in game one. Also had a wicked, wicked goal. Fantastic shot. Um, that's a type of game that makes a player like Nick Suzuki better. Mm-hmm. This is like the the example you have of playoffs being great for your young guys. But going to their scoring issues, and we'll focus on the forwards here. These are Montreal's goal scorers so far. Game one, Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, and then Jeff Petrie, that wicked toe jack snipe. Love to see it. Game two, yes, very Kotkaniemi. So there was a really good tweet, I think, from Habs Chronicle saying that right now without Montreal's of course, without Carey Price and their 20-year-olds, the Canadians are completely screwed. But and I, this I, is a, a, Sorry. Go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's something we already knew, though, right? Like, the way your the team is built, is it supposed... Like, whether he admits it or not, uh, it's... Okay, we'll call it a retool. I guess that's fine. That's how retools or even rebuilds work, right? Like that it's supposed to be about the young guys and, and Carey Price and Shea Weber in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, that doesn't come as a surprise. The reason it's a red flag for me is because yes, those guys, you love to see it. Um, though the issue comes that Thomas Tatar has not been great. Phil Deneau and Brendan Gallagher, the three of them combined haven't scored. Um, and I mean, it, it really feels like they can't, it feels like Montreal is never controlling play now. It's consistently like they're chasing it or they just, they can't sit up in the offensive zone. 
It's like they're responding. They can't like yeah set up their own their own yeah. stuff. They had like they started well enough in game two to start the, the the first period, and then in the third they had a bit of a rush, but it was still never. It's kind of like if you're playing NHL and you're playing against someone who's clearly better than you, the yeah. moment you get on into the zone, you're going to try and get something on that. And hopefully a guy's going up front. Like they're, you're just desperately trying to get a shot out when, when and where you can. And the Habs just, it's not working because this is Pittsburgh. Um, but luckily, yeah, we talked about it. They have carry press. And if the Habs can start clicking offensively, um, if that top line can keep going, if the young guys can step it up, if Jeff Petrie and Brett Kulak can be them, it's a bit embarrassing for Pittsburgh that the Habs realistically looking have a good shot of winning now. Like, but looking at the Pittsburgh side of this, I don't think you can look at them. And, and, and listen, Montreal are 24th team, let's not forget this. But I think people need to be a bit more critical to the Penguins here. Because you cannot, like, I'm going to double check how many power plays they've had and how many they haven't scored on. Because eventually, it's like that famous Carey Price video Steve Dangle has. You can no longer just use an excuse that it's CP. Like, the Penguins have to be bad. Right. Especially yeah. Malkin, he's been invisible. A lot of underachieving, I think, like, you know, more or less they have their top six guys back. And to kind of just try something, it's just not working. Like, I, I really liked that they got Carter Sheary back mm-hmm. for, like, that kind of chemistry type of fit. But it's just, yeah, it's true. Like, they've gone through the cycles. They've, they've kind of gone, like, let's see what we can throw at Carey Price. And what we talked about before, like, if it wasn't for Carey Price, I think the floodgates would have opened for the Canadians. It, like, <laughs> I don't want to think about game one without Carey. Yeah, but it's, it is, like, you know, it's either Pittsburgh kind of, like, regains their momentum and, you know, tries to go for another run, or, you know, they just get embarrassed and be deemed, like, you know, they just underachieved this year again. Right. Um, (laughs) I'm just – oh, sorry. Go, Adam. I just wanted to see so far, yesterday, what Pittsburgh went 0 for 5 on the power play. I'm going to get game one up as well. I think of their Islanders series last year where it just – they kind of got stranglehold from, uh, like, that system. And now it's just – they have to kind of work around that again. It's just this time, yeah, they have – they're going against the best goal in the world right now. Right. Well, Adam, when you're done looking at what was what was the difference? I guess we'll let we can talk about Montreal. What was the difference between that first first game and game two? Like in terms of how they played? Um, there was a lot believe it or not, it felt like Montreal got a bit more offensive zone time in um in game one, especially with the overtime. But a big problem was, holy crap, their discipline is, a, is, a, is, is terrible. They've taken 12 penalties through the first two games. Pittsburgh's only converted on one of them, mm-hmm. um, by the way. It, it's really just been kind of the same we've almost saw in, the, um, in that Leafs game. The power play still is terrible. Um, not a lot has changed from game one to two, except just – Worst penalties, uh, to be honest with you. Like physically, like they've like Shea Weber is still stirring the crap, but um, from game one to two, it almost felt like a little worse. But to be honest, it was still the same sort of 
Pittsburgh's out shooting us, outperforming us at every turn here. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So yeah. Again, yeah, it was um it was five power plays in game two for Pittsburgh and seven in the first game, and they only got on one of them. Montreal as well, over five in game one and two combined. Uh, and by the way, hits Montreal were in, um, in game one, 52, 30, 53 to 30, because they never had the puck. Uh, also the same in game two. And 0 for 3 in game two for Montreal's power. So 0 for 5 for them too. Uh, special teams being a problem. Have we heard that before? Uh, shall we move on though um, to more teams and such? Sure. Okay. Um, do we want to talk about Toronto or do we want to leave that for a little later? Um, whatever you want. Okay. Then, uh, yeah, yeah. I think this is, yeah, we'll go. Okay. Then Toronto Blue Jackets, guys. Game one was to me, Alex, I know you're going to, you're going to have some real good analysis here because you've rewatched the game and I think you, you watched the highlights and you've listened to a bunch of the Leaf stuff and that. So, oh, I watched the, the game twice. Yeah. I watched the game twice. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, I should give you this hat. <laughs> I, I had to. Mm-hmm. That Columbus played their game, and they yeah. played it well. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. That. That's it. Like from a Columbus perspective, they played their game, and they 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 dominated. Uh, maybe maybe not dominated, but they 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 played their game very well, and it just didn't seem like. Toronto hadn't really had an answer for it. Um, there's a lot to, I get. I found there's a lot to unpack. Like my first impressions of the game were really that, okay, um, Freddie Robertson and Austin Matthews, both times I watched the games, I think had really good games. And I get like, in terms of Robertson, I think maybe I hold a different standard to what I expect from him because he's 18. But I think, yeah, he got bodied a, a little bit. Um, he didn't convert on his chances. But I think for the most part, that third line was probably the best line last night. Or not, or two nights two ago. Two nights sorry. ago, yeah, Sorry, yeah. sorry, two nights ago. I think it was that Ker, Kerfoot, Kappen, and Robertson line looked looked really good. And if they can start producing, I think that's what will end up giving the Leafs that really big advantage and that they can have that third line actually putting up points. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Freddie, other than that one goal, I think he played a spectacular game and it was the team in front of him that was, in, that was another travesty. And Matthews, I, I really think, you know, he was he had a couple good shots. Corpusalo made that really big save on him. And... It, he just couldn't. He couldn't get past Corpusalo Is really what it is. But I think for the most part, you know, I saw him coming back. Obviously, every player has their defensive mishaps a game, and that's what this game was for the for the Leafs. Um, in terms of positives, that's like I think, yeah, you know what? Their top six in terms of defense, I thought was was better than usual. But but their offense, like it's like they literally couldn't do a single thing. And and I was talking to Mike I was talking to Mike about it too. And he made a good point. 
Toronto is so even before this is before Matthews is very it was very offensive focused. You look at even their defense, who their big guys in the past were. They were guys that can put up points, right? Um, well, maybe not Dion, but <laughs> but what ends up happening with this team is that they try to play defensively and then lose the offensive gift. Like, yeah. where did it go? Like, you played a good defensive game, but the whole point of you playing the good off defensive game is that you're supposed to score goals. And what happens is they, they, they go down to the level of their opponent. And this was the issue throughout the year, and that issue hasn't changed. I don't know how to change it, but that needs to change because you cannot play to the level to the level of your opponent. That's just not going to happen. Like they should be controlling the offense of the game. There's no reason that last night or two nights ago, John Tavares and Mish Marner were practically invisible. There's like you're getting paid twenty two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like yes, I get you have during the regular season you can have a invisible game here or there, but you are supposed to perform in the playoffs. And I feel like we're just going back. It's like I'm having the same conversation I did last year, and the year before that, and the year before that, and that the same conversation that pl- the same thing that plagued the Leafs. The last three seasons haven't changed. And this year, we, it's even better because we have Cody Cece to complain about. Did Get he have co- a good game? No. He, when was the last – if you can go back through the episodes and find me and find me praising Cody Cece, please let me know. I don't think I've ever done it. I think I did it once when I'm like they, – they got rid of like the Zaitsev cap hit. That's it. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever said, hey – Let's bring in Cody CC. Other than that, I, I like man. He's just not, not good. I grab a beer with him. Oh my god! But he's not good. Um. So what did you make of Columbus's his performance here? Because they, like we said, they did exactly what they needed to do. Um. When they had to, they Corpusala was there for them. Um. Pierre-Luc Dubois is fantastic. That yeah. guy's pretty good. Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski. Um, anytime they did need to, it looks like they were going for a chance. Wierenski was leading the rush there. Um, what did you guys make of Columbus, starting with you, uh, Daniel Lemay? I really like, yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois' game. Like, the way he kind of just matched up with, like, the Leafs, like, top guys. I really loved it. Um, I've said this before when he was in the World Juniors. Um, I always envisioned him as the next Jonathan Taves, also because he went third overall. But, you know, that's, that's that's you know, that's a big comparison. But it's something where I'm really loving how he's kind of developing his game now. He's becoming, you know, more of, like, that elite two-way guy that, you know, the, the, the scoring will probably – hopefully develop more with him but he was the kind of guy where you know he's someone Columbus really needed after what they had the offseason losing all those guys you know he's a guy that like you know he's a legitimate top six guy that could help with like you know it's not just Cam Atkinson it's not just Gustav Nyquist um and sorry um I actually I should have probably asked you Daniel what you thought of the least performance before going to Columbus so if while you're here, do you want to talk about that as well? Yeah, you know, it was manageable. You know, they didn't really kind of like implode or anything, but it's that 
thing that every sports writer has had of them. Like, it's the $40 million power play. It's like, you know, that crazy top six they kind of have. You know, it's just they didn't get the shots in. It's just they, they need to execute. And they can't have another game like that where they let Columbus play their game like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Alex, we'll go to you again. Uh, Columbus, what did they do really well for you? Besides they no, I, I think they they managed that game, and I think they did it really well in, in terms of they blocked the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was impossible for the Leafs to get past it when they crowded the when the when the Blue Jackets crowded the neutral zone, and they were kind of forcing the Leafs to do a little bit more dumping and chasing than they usually do, and that's where they got screwed. Mm-hmm. That's where they got screwed because. It's not that their guys necessarily aren't built for it. It's that the guys aren't doing anything about it in terms of when you go dump the puck, go chase the puck and make sure you get the puck. Well, it's, it's, it's heavy forechecking is what it is. Yeah. Basically, that's the key to a good dump, right? And I think it's then like forechecking, a lot of it to me is like it's the effort. Um, like if Brendan Gallagher isn't a, isn't a skilled player, but – the bastard tries hard. And, you know, right. if, if they – it goes back to the discussion, really, of the skill versus will. And I'm not saying the Leafs didn't try, but when you're forechecking, all you need to do, besides, you know, actually throw the body, is you need to give it to him. Have more right. heart and soul, I think, like on those forechecks. You got to oh. outwork the other guy. Like yeah. just yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so just, does Columbus system remind you guys of a trap system or not really? A trap? Um, like, you know, early 2000s Devils. That's where he was going. I was going with that one. Because when you when Alex said he clogged up the neutral zone, I'm like, yeah. yes, you know, it reminds me of the Jamie Langenbrunner, the Jay Pandolfos <laughs> of, of, of the, the bottom six Devils. See, Scott Gomez. Daniel, you exposed me a bit because I've only been a fan since 2014. So okay, I have no problem. I'm well, thinking like yeah. one three one stuff right now. Like, I see where you're coming from, Daniel. Yeah, like you just kind of clog it up, knowing you don't have that same like, you know, like I I praise Pierre Dubois, but you know he's not exactly an Austin Matthews, John Tavares. Mm-hmm. It right. just you you clog it up purposely to kind of like, you know, in a way help them burn out that. Uh, that shift. See, yeah. When it, when I look at it from the least perspective, I look at the top, let's, because I feel like the fourth line is really, it it looked irrelevant in that game, if I'm being honest. Um, But you look at the three lines, first line, you have a, a gritty guy. You have, or I don't know who the first line is, the Matthews line, Zach Hyman. He had an uncharacteristically Awful game. Um, well, I think Seth Jones did make him his bad word. <laughs> yeah, I think he had a really bad, a poor game. And like, just in general, like, yes, yes, Seth Jones did. I just think he didn't, he, he was having an off game. And hopefully tomorrow, or sorry, God, I'm mixing up my days. Tonight. Hopefully tonight at four o'clock, things go a little bit differently. You look at the second line in the Tavares line. Ilya Mikhaev, who's willing to go in there and get get his hands dirty. That line just seemed invisible, to be honest. Third line, you got Kasperi Kapanen, right? That's the guy who's supposed to go in there. It looked like that third line, again, I said was probably the best line. 
couldn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. And Kyle right. Clifford wasn't doing a whole lot of much in terms of being the Bringing that grit, yeah. He, he was too a, visible to a point that I forgot he was playing until you just mentioned it. Because I don't think I heard his name once. Yeah. Uh, but to be fair, I, I started watching after the second, like second period and then third period. Um, we'll finish off talking about the just top four. quickly. Yeah. Can p- please split up Travis Dermott and Tyson Berry? Yeah, that please, was... please. Yeah, Tyson can't be turning the puck over when you're down by one. In the third the, anymore. the issue. Do you play him in a shadowed role now, yeah. or what do you do? Do you keep him in the, the third? The third pair is supposed to be a. The third pair is supposed to be a sheltered role. The third so. pair, and it's not. It's not. We're put. I'd rather have him with Morgan Riley. I'd literally rather have Tyson Berry with Morgan Riley. Fair enough. Because they they have the say. The issue is is Dermot and Berry's like they. You don't know what they're gonna do next, and they don't know what they're gonna do next. They both want the puck. So yeah. don't please split that thing up and put Rasmus Sandin in, please. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not think a single game in the Islanders Panthers series would have at least five goals in it. But right now, the <laughs> Islanders are up three to two, and oh, I don't believe God. it. Just took a penalty, did the Islanders. Bobrovsky, probably the better thing is getting off the ice right now. Okay, uh, playing teams for the round robin, guys. Um, yeah. I won't lie. I've had a difficult time getting invested in these games because they just – especially maybe it's because I started with the Bruins game and the Bruins have been so off. Because of you can probably you can bring it down to the players missing time in training camp, stuff of Kasha. Um, yeah. The perfection line was not good versus uh, Philadelphia. Um, but then on the other side, I think Tampa Washington was pretty intense until you got to the shootout because that's somehow a thing. But um, because these guys haven't played quote unquote meaningful games yet, I don't know if you guys just want to. Quickly give you know your thoughts on how on maybe on how one of these teams have played. If we want to make fun of the Bruins, go ahead. But um, I think it's a bit it's easier to talk about the West, I'd say, than the Eastern teams right now because man, I could I just don't care about these round robin games. It, it just seems like the the round robin teams don't aren't trying as much. I don't know if that's the the right way to put it in terms of. Hey, we know we're going to make the playoffs. These are our exhibition games. Like you're going to be a top four team no matter what, right? Yeah. Where you finish in the standing, like the the team who comes out with the first overall thing, like what does that that doesn't have a whole lot of meaning right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, you have home ice. Like the only actual advantage is home ice. Home ice is home is home ice in terms of getting the last change. Yeah, you don't actually have home ice because you're playing on the same ice, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the same ice. It's not actually your home. But I think the it's biggest seating. advantage. Yeah, it's seating. Yeah, but I think the biggest advantage is probably the home ice in terms of last change and things like that. So one thing I, I, I question is it's annoying that the players hate this format so like the previous playoff format, the normal ones so oh, much yeah. because of a team like the Bruins and Leafs having or Pittsburgh, Washington, I think is a better example, having to play in the second round. But then 
if you're not going to go out there and give me your best performance when you have the opportunity to get a better seeding chance, then don't complain ever again about this playoff format. I won't, I won't hear it from now on. Um, what about you, Daniel? How do you feel about these round robin teams? And Yeah, I kind of feel like, I don't know, like, because they started off with, like, the other ones that there is not that fight for survival that I think that we've been talking about. But, yeah, it's, like, it's still, like, kind of, like, a practice thing. Not, not like, to that extent, but I kind of feel that there's not as much heart to these games. And maybe it's just my own personal opinion because, like, I've kind of been the same with you guys. I haven't paid attention to them as much as the other series. Mm-hmm. Um, then I guess we'll we'll get the the round robin Western teams out the way first here. Uh, we will pick it up here because unfortunately Adam, I do need to go. But if push comes to shove, I'll just like let you guys finish off. Okay. Um, Dallas and Vegas had a pretty fun game yesterday. Uh, Vegas were at one time down three one. Yeah. Came back wicked win for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, being led, Robin Leonard gets the start. Do we make anything about that? I just wanted Flurry to start. Yeah, but Robin's better. No, he's not. Uh, right now, he is. I, I don't know if I take much out of out of it, to be honest. Like, I think if Robin Leonard has one bad game, they could easily just put Flurry in the next game, and vice versa. Right? They're gonna <laughs> run. That happens again to Flurry. He makes it like he, he drags <laughs> his team to the second round, one off game. Okay, bye, Matt Murray. Except now it's Robin Leonard. <laughs> Poor guy. God. Oh, have you guys like been watching that commercial of him and Mark Stone? No. No. Oh, so it's whatever the new iPhone is. You know how they always do those crappy commercials with the camera to show how good the quality is? Even yeah. though they're so not shot on that camera. Um, yeah. It's like him and Mark Stone speeding around, but it's it's like pretty fun. Like at one time, like Flurry does a somersault and he's like doing like I don't know if you call it a pirouette or something. It's really okay. fun to go watch. And on the other side. Um, Vancouver, sorry, not Vancouver, who cares about them? They lost. Ah. Um, St. Louis and Colorado had a pretty fun game. I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to, but I did get to catch the ending of the game where about a minute and a half left. Um, St. Louis takes a penalty. Um, Alex Petrangelo looked like he got a bit banged up. Uh, Colorado go on the power play. Oh boy, is that power play fun to watch? Oh my god. Uh, and with 0.1 seconds left, Nazem Kadri gets the game winner. I'm sure you guys oh boy. would like to say a little nice something for Nazem, who has not been suspended yet. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that in the – what was I <laughs> What was I watching? Uh, it was one of the things I was watching about, and they were talking about Naz getting that goal. And it was like the fir- it was the first time he got uh, headlines <laughs> in the playoffs that weren't about him being suspended. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> This is very true. No, I'm happy for the guy. I love that. That guy has a special place in uh, in all the fans' hearts. Indeed. Okay. And we'll go to the, the series, and we'll get this one just out the way right now. No doubt. I almost said Phoenix. The Arizona Coyotes go off to a wicked start. Three goals in the first period. Nashville did have a bit of a ball buster with Philip Forsberg at the end of it. They still go on to win game one and what do you know they can score goals on half decent ice i'm not saying that it has something to do with them not being able to score in their own arena i'm just throwing it out there guys but good start for the coyotes in the series of unachieving teams underachieving sorry i mean let's just start with who had some points 
Uh, Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel both had two points. Man, Phil was back-checking. And Taylor Hall was, was playing really well. Phil was back-checking? I know, Man, that was weird. What is this? This isn't real. He's trying. This, I love you, Phil. Yeah, of course. He's trying to prove Pittsburgh and Toronto wrong. Hey, still has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he yeah, got, man, he got sorry. the least Casper cap in it, so you know we're okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Freddie by extension. Yeah, if we're doing the trade tree. Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> I get it. Like you look at who's in net: Darcy Kemper, 31 of 32 shots, or oh, sorry, 40 saves, 43 out of 43 shots, right? Yeah. That, like, I feel like the guys who we expected to step up stepped up. You know who scored for Arizona as well? Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. Had a, even though it went off two, um, two different Nashville players. And Clayton Keller. To yeah. your point there about players they needed to step up, um, that did step up. Did you see. Daniel, I know for sure you did. That Pecorine had started, what was it, like 89 playoff straight Yeah, games? and his streak is broken. Yeah, and Lundqvist is at like 100 and something apparently too. That will be broken tonight probably. She's darkens away, but man. Um, and I'll say it now because it's going to come up eventually. Duchesne is cursed. He's never going to win again. Not going to happen. I like him, but it's never going to happen. I He's mean, good. He's good. <laughs> he can heat up. I don't know. Maybe. They he has the talent. Nashville just needs to step up. It can't just be Ellis and Yossi leading the way. Right. You guys can answer this question. If either of you watched the game, I, I had not caught the game. But I have up, and I get it's one game, but it just UC Soros. Okay. Like, what was his, what was UC Soros like? human just just you know like should he have started i don't know i mean we're talking about uc saros or pekka rene who both did not have good years i say go with the experienced guy like that's why like you know like that's why as much as like the lunkwist thing you know i know it was out of necessity but you know still go with the experienced guy if you have him i i personally think it's like between choosing like to step in cow dung or pig (sighs) It's they're both terrible, but you've just got to make the decision. And they've been like everyone knows that they've been wanting Saros to be the guy to take over for Renee for a while now. So yeah, um, I could have. I think I was just completely wrong about UC Saros. <laughs> it's one game. Uh, no, it was nine fourteen during the season. He went seventeen twelve and four nine fourteen save percentage two point seven goals against average. Not bad. Okay. I think I might have been wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next, though, uh, the Vancouver Canucks, who honestly um, get just they, they get Jared Spurgeon gets a pair of goals for the Minnesota Wild. What? They shut out the Canucks three nothing. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't watch this game because I was just so tired that I could not stay up to watch it. So, but from what I can tell from seeing Harmon Dial. Um, he, I think it was the Fantenberg, or he was Fantenberg Myers. Yeah, or something like like he was not. The, I don't know how the Canucks 
can get shut out by the – I know the Wild have good defense. I told Mike that. I'm like, I like Minnesota's defense. But in no way, shape, or form should the Vancouver weapons allow themselves to get shut out. And I just want to say I cannot wait for Minnesota to sweep the Canucks. That's a hot take. I think this one will be close. <laughs> that's a, that's a hot take. Less? I think this will go to five games. This, At least. You know, like, I don't know. It's hard to, like, analyze both teams. Like, you know, like, the Wild have, like, a system, and I feel like that's the word of the day on this episode. They have a system. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just, like, something that just kind of seems to work. Like, they have, you know, Ryan Suter is still playing pretty well as, like, arguably their number one guy. He gets the most minutes on their defensive end. And I don't Alex Stalock, like, remember him? His former, former, former Marley. Alex Stalock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe it was part of the James Reimer trade. Yeah. It was the God debt line that was disappointing, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, Vancouver's a young team. Like, a lot of their, a lot of their guys, I think they're going to bounce back. Also, Jack Hughes, like, the type of plays he was Quint, Quint making. Hughes. Like, Quinn Hughes, sorry. Not Jack. Quinn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who had more the... points than his center brother. Let's not <laughs> – let's not – Confuse the names, okay? Yes. Um, but yeah, like the way he was kind of controlling the plays in the offensive zone, like a lot of good motions. Uh, I think that they could really bounce back. I, I think they will bounce back. I think Adam just doesn't like the connect, so he's not going to praise them. Yeah, I got Markstrom wasn't bad. No, also, no, no. Um, why the hell is Michael Furlan fighting? He's yeah, in, like the first three minutes. What are you doing? Reestablishing himself, I don't know, as that guy. Sure. It's definitely it's definitely a risky, risky risky thing to do, uh, knowing what his history. Yeah, sorry, knowing his history. Um, all right. Next we'll go to a series that was tied up after last night, uh, and after a historical game, five points for Dominic Kubelik in game one, followed by a playoff hat trick by Connor McDavid in game two. Chicago Edmonton, 1 1, fellas. How do we feel? Seed five versus seed 12 in the West. Um, I think I was wrong. I think this is going to be more of an entertaining series uh, than, than I predicted. I was telling Mike that. I said, you know what, Mike? I think Alex and I gave the. We didn't give Chicago enough credit. Um, Jonathan yeah. Taves, like, man, the playoffs, We every year we say anything can happen in the playoffs, and then we're, but then we're all like, what do you mean the Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay? Like, what do you mean yeah. the division winners lost? Like, we forget it. But Taves yeah. is like, he's a god. He's a god. Duncan Keith looks... I running that power play too. Like Pretty that. good at 37. I love, you loved yeah. it. They just turned back the clock and, you know, and also on the other side of it, McDavid does not care about hat tricks. McDavid doesn't care about the legendary line of Slater Cuckoo and <laughs> Holy Mata. <laughs> Two 2012 first rounders. <laughs> Fun fact. You see that Slater Cuckoo had a goal. How the hell that name is spelt the way it is and you pronounce it cuckoo, I will never understand. But man, it's know. a good name. Though, uh, God, like, let's just, Conor McDavid, 
is so good. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what else to quite say. It's just, it, this is going to be such a, can we get a save, please, type Next, moment? Or yes. can our defense not lay an egg type series? Because my dear God. Um, like, Koskinen was better than Smith because, can you not? Because it's Mike Smith. Still, yeah, three goals still. But my dear God, this series is so fun to watch. I'm predicting it now. Next game is going to be a 7-6 win For by who? either team. Either team. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're, just giving, we're just giving out points. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I All like right. It. Who's next, Adam? Um, okay, we get to finish off with an all-Canadian matchup here. If you want to see Adam stretching, you should watch the YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Go back a few minutes and you see me mute my mic so I can see because I'm sick. No. All right. Um, finally, all Canadian matchup here. And my God, is the story of it just Kachuk such a nuts. I almost swore. It's such a dickhead. Uh, game one Calgary and Winnipeg. An incident involving Kachuk and Shifley. That resulted in Shifley getting hurt. Also, later on, there was a little incident. Patrick Lyonet, um, neither of them played in game two when the Jets came back and had a massive win. But we're talking about game one, really, guys. And we'll talk about the incident itself in a second here. It was really that, you know, last year, game seven, game one, San Jose, Vegas. San Jose came back off of the injury to Joe Pavelski. They rallied around it. Game one very much felt like we've lost our two best players, arguably. Yeah. And it doesn't really – it didn't feel like Winnipeg even came close to coming back from that. And it also helps that Goudreau scored a playoff goal in game one for the Flames. That never happens. That's got – finally uh, decide to wake up there. Yeah. That's a throw it over to you guys if you want to. Oh, sorry. I'm like, what are you waving your hand <laughs> yeah, at like, for? <laughs> I'm like, if you want to say something. No, I, I, listen, if you want to talk about the incident um, – the use I know Adam told me that there was a replay that the NHL has um, of the actual boards. There's a, a like the blue, you know that really low and it looks like crappy quality sort of yes. blue line cam. Apparently, yeah. the teams have saw seen that, and that's what made Paul Maurice so sure that the incident of Kachuk's skate and Shifley's leg is was on purpose. Yeah, and we haven't seen it yet. I mean, just looking at the the two uh, angles that they showed, I believe, on the broadcast, I'd understand why – because it's such a weird way they both went in the boards together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where – the issue is I don't know where Kachuk's uh, foot was before they got into the boards. Doesn't help that one of the camera angles they keep showing doesn't show either player's legs by the time of the incident. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Using it. I can't see it. Like, all I see is, okay, great. Shifley is in significant amount of pain before he even hits the ice, which is a bad sign. But my God, show something. Ah, stop using yeah. the camera angle. And, and like you said, last year San Jose rallied around the – Pavelski. Uh, Pavelski injury and, and I, I think they, this team could rally around the Shifley and Lina injury depending on what the verdicts of both of those injuries are but man does that center depth look thin like Pretty. they have a they have a thin D, D defensive depth 
but man, they are really relying. They're going to be relying on Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Like hopefully like what I'm seeing now, like looking at that lineup, how it's setting up, I think like Nick Ehlers and like Kyle Connor now, like they really need to step up. I think it's more than just those two. I think we've talked about him multiple times this year is Blake Wheeler. Got to step it up. Like, what's he making? 8.25? Yeah. Prove it. 34-year-old. Just looking at their, their roster very quickly here. Yeah, we already we all know the story of the defense. Um, I will say, though, congratulations, Nick Ehlers, for finally scoring a playoff goal. Um, yeah. Such a monkey. Especially after he went after Kachuk in game two um, and took a pretty bad penalty. It's nice for him to sort of have a rebound here. Jansen Harkins scored a goal for them. No one knew who Jansen Harkins was before yesterday's goal. No, no. you didn't. Yeah, I actually was going to bring that up. I read that. And I'm like, have I heard of this guy? Did he play in the World Juniors? Oh, no, I don't I don't know. If he did and I didn't know that, like, I'd feel guilty. Oh. Their fourth line, Nick Shore is the center. Nick Shore, remember him? Leafs legend. Logan Shaw, Habs legend. <laughs> Anaheim, who remembers yeah. that? Gabriel Bork. Jack Roslovic, Adam Lowry, and Jansen Harkins, your third line. Second line, Ehlers, Perot, not bad. Centered by Cody Egan. Your top line, Connor Wheeler. Centered by Andrew Cobb. At least, you know, the Flames have Monaghan. He's all right. The Habs, at least back in the day, had Blacanics. He's all right. But Andrew Cobb is not all right. Cody Eakin, Adam Lowry, great name, and Nick Shore are not I. But Cody Eakin did play in the Real Juniors. I remember that. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Dude, no problem. 2012. I appreciate that. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to mention there? Um, yeah, I don't know. Just they have to have the spirited effort now with everything they gone kind of gone through. But, you know, we've all been – Fans of Connor Hellebuck, I want to see him kind of perform. I man, like I think that guy's gonna perform. Yeah, he, I mean he has to. I think Calgary yeah. is gonna lose. Like I have that feeling. I just don't trust Calgary. Still, I don't want to give them credit. It's weird. I just don't trust the Jets. I mean the things. I look at them and I think I don't like you anymore. You you used to be the nice, funny young toy that everyone played with. You know, God, like, no that one... sounded really bad. I mean, like the new shining toy that, like the new Transformers toy. I'll be, I love Transformers as a kid. Um, you know, it's like Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. But then in the West, the Jets showed up and they were Megatron, and everyone likes Megatron more because he's the bad guy. And he transforms into like I think a gun. It's remember so, that it's... The old one. The eighties one, yeah. Supercar, <laughs> super jet. It's he's just cool. And like the jets are cooler than the flames because or more cool. Cooler? Cool? Not so. they're better. They have better players. Johnny Goudreau can't do anything in the playoff. One playoff goal, like five years? What are you doing? Are they cooler than an avalanche? If you enjoyed this, <laughs> I think that's everything though. Um Anything yeah, I, well, I guess from Calgary's perspective, I think if Shifley, if Shifley and Lyonnais are going to be out, 
and Calgary still go on to lose this. Like what, what's next? Like you got to, okay. You don't want to blow it up. Like I feel like blow it up. So a weird term to use, but you have to make some significant changes. Yeah. You got to shake up your core a little bit. For sure. Trade Johnny Goudreau, by the way. Don't trade Johnny. No, it means trade Sean Bonham. I'm just joking. Well, then, if you and just quickly, I know we we do have to finish up, but if it's not trade Johnny Goudreau, then who is it that you trade? Um, I will. I will take. Um, Rasmus Anderson. No, I'm kidding. You don't do that. Um, that's a good. That's a good question. Um. Because I just think I look at Gujo's talent and like, man, you can't deal that. You, you're not going to get that guy back, in, no matter what. Um, Daniel has uh, has logged out. Wow, it took um, to the end of the episode, but wow, god damn it! I just I don't want to trade Gujo. You know, maybe it is Monahan. Maybe it is a um, a Hampus Lind- not Hampus Lind- I'm sorry, Elias. Elias. Lind- but just if there was one guy on that team, I'm not letting you touch. It's Johnny Gujo. I know I make fun of him, but still, I. Uh, you don't just pick up guys who score you 99 points off the street. Do you think, and it's a conversation that I don't think is really being talked about a whole lot, but what about Brad Tree living? What does it mean for him? That's a good question. I, Cause I think he's gotten a lot of good grace from people this year, myself, especially because he showed up that defense at the deadline. Um, and the way he just dealt with the Bill Peter stuff, um, you know, Friedman put it well in 31 thoughts. He said one wrong move and Trill Living was going to be burned at the stake. But he did a really, really good job of that. Um, I, I just – I don't think you can come back with the same roster, but I think you do need to make changes. And what I do – like, I think – I don't think you fire Trill Living. I think maybe next year something's still not – if he goes out – does some big changes over the summer and the flames are so disappointing next season, then I don't see how he could stay there because I don't think they've, I don't think they've won a round since he's been there. Well, I don't I, even remember the last time they won a round. It's not even that it's, it's the same issue. Like it's, it's an issue that a couple teams have had in terms of, listen, like you got your coach. Here's your coach, Bill Peters that you begged for. Mm-hmm. And yes, obviously there is the whole off ice issues, but if we're looking at the on ice, it's not like they were outperform. Like they were, it always seemed like something was wrong. And the start of this year did not go well for them. Last season, they lost to Colorado, who yes had a very good team, but Calgary was the first, was first in the division, mm-hmm. right? So. You got your coach. Your coach didn't work. When 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 do they make a change? I mean, hey, I think Bergeron lived a few coaches by now. So, um, I mean, hey, uh, it would be it'll be interesting to see how he handles the summer, also because so many big pieces on the back end are moving out. Right. But hey, wow, the Flames. I'm sorry to dissect you guys like that. Um, what I think Daniel said, yeah, the Jets are going to win. What do you think the series is going to look like? Yeah, I, I, I still think the Jets are going to win. Good. Fantastic. And a good thing that apparently the Shifley injury is not long-term. 
Uh, I haven't seen anything like on Twitter or anything about Line A quite yet, but I mean, Shifley, I think you'd, you'd beg for him to come back before um, before Line A. Yeah, we probably won't hear anything about it because yeah. everything's unfit to play. So, And I'm guessing Little is just gone, like gone? Uh, like coming into the bubble at all? No, no, he wasn't. He was, be, I think just before they announced, he wasn't even going to join the team for training camp. Oh, wow. That's tough. Yeah. It's all bad. Right, um, but, do we want to wait for Daniel? Or well, do you have anything else to talk about? No, I don't. <laughs> I guess not. All right. Um, maybe. Oh, Speaking hey! of the devil. And we are back. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. guys. I know that was towards the end, but. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought that I thought it made it more stable already. That's okay. I, we were about to end the episode. Well, I know. That's, that's so funny. Quick, yeah. Well, since he's here quick, yeah. what do you think about the Calgary Flames? Because I know we talked about a lot about the Jets. Okay, he logged out again. So you know what? We'll, we'll try next episode. Sorry? I said we can – do you want to wait? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to pause it. Hour. I'm going to pause it. Yeah. Go. All right. Unfortunately, we did have Daniel back for a second, though um, he disconnected about a minute after that. Um, so uh, – and he, he just told us, just finish it off. So we really talked about everything, covered every base here. We know that Daniel thinks that the Jets are probably going to win, so that's good. Um, next time we record, and he's back just like in the middle of cutting it out. Oh, he said to finish it. <laughs> no, he said. You said, oh, please just finish he's out. it. He's cut out. Just, he's cut oh, my out. God. So oh, I'll, cut, <laughs> I'll cut this out. I'll cut this out. Just, no, leave it in. Leave it in. Oh, okay. It's funny. Um, all right, so we'll just, ladies and gentlemen, um, well, I guess Daniel's gone again. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, yeah, next time we see you, I think, what do we, what day is, is, is Sunday? The ninth. Yeah, we'll so talk, let's talk, day. we gotta talk, yeah, we gotta talk. We gotta talk? Yeah, after. Okay, all right, okay, like after we're done recording right now? Yes. Okay. Really um, quick. <laughs> Just came back. Okay. All right. Apparently, Daniel's internet came in right as he told us to stop. But okay. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, there's tons of ways you can support it. Um, of course, check out the YouTube channel for a video experience of the podcast. Subscribe to it while you're on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel for all your Habs needs. Um, you can check out the show's Instagram as well as Facebook to get the discussions going, lads. You can also check out Daniel, Alex, and I's social medias all in the link below. Thank you, The Voice Ed, as always, for being a fantastic platform for this show. Thanks to you, we no longer swear on the show. It's easier than I thought. Um, Alex, is that everything? Am I forgetting something? I feel like I am. Did you say the YouTube, the Instagram? The I Instagram did. page? Yeah. I don't think so. All right. Then all we'll right. see. Oh, and iTunes. Uh, leave a five-star rating. It helps. Leave Perfect. a review. Follow on Spotify, all that kind of good stuff. We love it. 